What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm. Agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States. For more than 60 years, combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. You have access to them 24-7. Walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. It's football season, and it's time to make your way over to MyBookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all betting needs. MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting, making sure you've covered every step of the way. Sign up at MyBookie today, and when you do, use promo code 3YARDS to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in 200 they'll spot you another 100 to play with. That's promo code 3YARDS so you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. This show is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. This is your preview of, what is it, week nine already? It's a week nine of the NFL season, so there's only eight weeks left. It's week, or is this week 10? 10, week, isn't it? Week 10. This is week 10, man. Yeah. Wow, this is week 10. So there's only seven weeks left, or, you know, maybe. I know, it's crazy. Maybe eight weeks. 
depending on week week 10 week 10 and i'm still on top of my uh my pick em, my nfl pick em, where we pick the games every week yeah but i guess I we'll, we'll just we'll, pat we'll, on the back there we'll start here and we don't know much we're recording this on a thursday so we don't know what's going on but nfl network is reporting that calvanoi and Kristen wilkins are out but barry jackson is saying not so fast we need clarification from the team this uh tomorrow morning we know that Calvinoy is a contact tracing thing. They don't know if he practiced this. How do we week. know that? Who? Well, that's what Barry Jackson says. He says he says his oh, source okay. tells him that it was a contact tracing issue with Calvinoy. Okay. So we just don't really. And know. he just doesn't know about Wilkins, right? But NFL rules are. Pretty he doesn't clear. know whether Wilkins is a contact tracing or not. No, he doesn't know. But <clears throat> NFL rules are pretty clear. It's five days, which means five days out, which means they wouldn't play on Sunday if they went on this list anytime after Monday. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not when you go on the list though. It's, it's five days from when you had the contact with okay, the person. So it's five days from the test, not five days from. The nope. List. Not five days from the no. test either. Five days from five. when you had the contact with the person who tested positive. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So if that was this morning, then they're fucked. But if it was two days ago and the Dolphins just released it, different matter. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Could have been Monday. Could have been, I don't know about Tuesday, but it could have been if it was Monday, you know, that they had the contact with the last known contact with some the person that tested positive, mm-hmm. then they can play. They can play on Sunday as long as they uh, isolate and, you know, continue to test negative, so on and so forth. But um, Tuesday, I think, is iffy. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'd have to get a ruling. And Wednesday, they're fucked. Hmm. Okay. Well, we don't know much about this. What we do know is that Joey Bosa might come back. He practiced. Uh, he was limited all week with a concussion. You think Count he's playing? I think he's playing. Yeah, I do too. 100%. Okay. Brian Balaga, also limited. He has a back Don't issue. count on it. Okay. No, not playing. And uh, Trey Turner, uh, he's uh, he's the last of the important guys, I would say, for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's coming back from I believe so, too. This week. Yeah, Yeah, playing. All right. So that's the injury situation for the Chargers. For the Dolphins, it's basically Matt Breda is coming back. And they don't know who they're starting on the the offensive line this week. Raekwon Davis missed practice on Thursday, but it's not injury-related. It's not COVID-related. So that's on the injury front. That's what we have. So let's just dig into the obvious. Justin Herbert, Simon, how much have you watched him play this year and how good has he been? And is he, like they're saying today on NFL Network, the runaway rookie of the year? Yeah, I've seen a fair bit of him. And look, um, I chose a hill to die on before the before the draft that I didn't particularly like him. And I give Justin Herbert absolute credit for proving why pretty much the biggest fool in in, in town um he's been fantastic let's be honest um and, and look at this this is a really good Chargers team you know they are melvin ingram's right when he says they're a play or two away from being six or two they've lost by three five seven three one and five points their coaching has been pretty bad anthony lynn has made a couple of real clunking coaching decisions uh firstly against the kansas city chiefs in overtime fourth and one decided to punt back to the Chiefs in overtime you never give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes certainly not in over, overtime they ended up losing the game I mean they you know they are over the last few years have historically proven they can lose games by so many different ways 
proved it again at the weekend against the Raiders, but they're a decent team. And I think Herbert has been the absolute fulcrum of it. And I, I can't see another rookie who has played as well as he has. He is doing all the things that I didn't think he was capable of. Yes, he has the monster arm. We always knew that, but he has been unerringly accurate. He has been a quiet leader. The teams have rallied round him. Uh, I, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. And I am, um, I, I doff my, uh, if I wore a cap, I would doff it to him. I think he's been, uh, I think he's been superb, but this is a dangerous game for the Dolphins. Cause this is not a, this is, a, you know, this is a team whose two and six record does not belie their season in terms of their ability. Chris. Yeah. Um, I think uh, much the same as Simon, um, you know, I, I've, I liked him coming out, but I mean, we had misgivings. There's, we're not going to hide from that. We had some misgivings uh, about, particularly about the idea of taking him at number five. Um, I have no problem with him going in the first round or even the high first round, but it was sort of like, I'm not going to consider him with Tua on the board. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and I sort of kind of waffled back and forth constantly um, between he and Jordan Love, and I. Uh, I ended up favoring love a little bit. Um, so yeah, he's, he's done phenomenally well as a, as a rookie quarterback, he is, he is big and beautiful and has all the skills. And, um, and, and I think that he, uh, he's shown in particular a, a savvy against the blitz, which, uh, which I think bodes well for him because, so the very first thing teams are going to want to do, they see a rookie quarterback in the game is okay. We're going to blitz the shit out of him and see if he, and see if he, he can figure that out. Yeah. So that's the, that's step one, really. That's um, you know, you can't figure that out. Then you're sunk. Um, and he's, he's not only, you know, he's not only figured it out, he's been downright dangerous against the blitz. Um, so, you know, then the defenses are on to step two and we'll get into that a little bit um, as we go on about the preview, but uh, man, he's, he's, he's done really, really, really well. And this is going to be a great matchup. And I think that it's going to be interesting, you know, cause you got Tua Tonga Vailoa as the other rookie and uh, he's only in his third start. Justin Herbert's been starting Justin Herbert, by the way, how the hell is he only one and six? Uh, as the quarterback of the chargers because because one of the two wins that they got was to rod taylor <laughs> so yeah. yeah he's one go six. figure that one out um well, they, had a tw- they had a 21 yeah. point lead he's one and six and one of the one of the one yeah i mean the defense definitely i mean yeah. I, I get it but i mean still wow uh that, well i'll give you a stat that's crazy they've um, blown considering five. how well he's played they've blown five leads of 16 or more this season hmm. And and to be fair, um, and to be fair, he's not necessarily the same quarterback in the second half. I think that he is in the first half. Um, you know, I think that he's he's a little bit better in the first half. I, I would I, I would um, um, if if we're going to nitpick anything on Justin Herbert, I do believe that as of right now, like if you had to vote on the rookie of the year, I think he's the rookie of the year. I think there's not much mm-hmm. of a doubt right now. I think um, that's very fair. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And I loved him coming into his senior year, but it, I did. I just didn't like his senior season. I thought his senior season was subpar, to be honest. And it was subpar from start yeah. to almost finish. And one of, yeah, he's, he's one of, he didn't, of a first he didn't progress pick. much. No. Yeah. One of my biggest knocks on him was that he didn't win a big game. And, and you talk about winning the Rose Bowl, which mm-hmm. he did. I mean, he ran, he ran for three touchdowns. Yeah, he won the Rose Bowl, but 
ultimately his final game was the first really big game that he ever won. And I do think some of that has knocked on to his professional career. I'm not trying to pick holes in it. I'm not trying to say I was right because I patently was wrong. Hold my hand up and say, Justin Herbert's been fantastic and I was totally wrong on him. But I did have a concern that he didn't win enough games, didn't win enough big games in big moments. And all obviously, mm-hmm. all that's happening with the Chargers is not on his shoulders. You know, the secondary is struggling. You know, there are, there are right. issues that go way beyond Justin Herbert. But I do think that there is a conversation around the fact that can he consistently win a big game, get a team over the line? And it's not his fault. But there is a thread that if you pull it does become quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. But that, that that sets up a nice foil for for our own rookie, for Tua Tungavailoa, who's now 2-0 and in his starts. Um, and, you know, if you had to say one thing about what Tua's done in the two starts, uh, it's it's that it's he's not setting the world on fire production-wise, but he certainly showed up, in, I think, in big moments. Um, and I think those, those big moments tend to happen a early in the game because it, it it helps you control the flow of the game and B, uh, you know, there's, there are some moments late in the game when you know that you've got to have a response. And, um, and I think in both games, really that happened because I do think there was a drive in the, um, in the previous game, even though offensively, we clearly didn't get get the job done on the whole um there was that third down that you know miles gaskin dropped and i I thought that they were really putting i thought we were starting to see play calls that we saw one week the next week further in against Mm -hmm. arizona i thought on that drive we started to see those play calls already um into his first game and he was delivering you know he was delivering that drive that would have kept the defense off the field and keep the uh you know, uh, keep the team from being able to come back. Um, and so I think that I, I do think that we're seeing big moments from Tua. I think we're seeing a little bit of that, that feel for the flow of the game from him. And we'll, we'll see more. He's got the rest of the year. Trust me. <laughs> we got, we got eight games to go. So strap in, but um, you know, I think, I think they juxtapose well that way. Yeah, and digging deeper into the Chargers and why they're they're two and six. Yeah, they have those five blown leads, uh, and I've watched a lot of their games. I, that Saints game, Justin Herbert was as good as you can get, but he just couldn't go to get over the hump. And I guess it's his defense that just puts too much pressure on him. But mm-hmm. I will I will put the loss against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, which was another blown lead. They were up three touchdowns against the the Broncos and they blew that lead. That one I would put squarely on Justin Herbert's head because I thought his interceptions were crucial in that game, but he was, I would say going for it in those games. Now, especially against the Broncos, his interceptions were aggressive interceptions. Like he was trying to Mm -hmm. really end games in the third quarter. Now that they got intercepted returned and that set up Bronco touchdowns and extra possessions. I guess that goes back on Herbert, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm completely confused. I don't know if you've dug into some of their games. I'm completely confused. What is the common denominator in all of these blown leads? Five of them of 16 or more. Any idea? I think bad coaching. I think bad coaching has, has played a decent part in it. You know, people are now talking about Anthony Lynn being fired. Um, 
you know, and I don't think that's without um, substance, actually. Uh, I, look, they're in, they've got injuries as well. You know, you lose Austin Eckler, you lose Chris Harris, you lose Derwin James, you lose Mike Pouncey, you lose Joey mm-hmm. Bosa. You know, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of premier NFL talent. That's not just average NFL, that's proper, you know, all pro, mm. pro bowl, consistent type players. The secondary's really struggled. You know, Casey Hayward is a really good corner. But apart from Hayward, they've really struggled. The linebackers have struggled. Certainly in coverage, you know, Uchenna Nuozo is a kid that we really liked, has, has done well off the edge. But, you know, Kenneth Murray's struggled in coverage. They haven't really been able to cover people. And Nazir Adderley's kind of flash, but been inconsistent. Um, and, you know, they've played well on the defensive line, but, the, you know, Melvin Ingram's missed games, Bowser's missed games. You're, Linville Joseph is a good player, but he's, you know, he's an aging player. Jerry Tillery's played well. But it's just a consistency thing. And I'm, I'm not sold that Gus Bradley is is getting the best out of that out of that unit because they're really holding that team back. And the secondary, I think outside runs, you know, you watch that Raiders game, I watched the all 22 mm. over and over and over and over again, they got killed with outside runs with Josh Jacobs. So wouldn't surprise me if we bring in the the kid that you like Alf that we traded for the other day, you know, with some speed to the perimeter, because that's, you know, unless they can, I mean, I don't know how you fix that, but the Raiders made serious hay. Well, Breda can get to the outside. Yeah, I would say I would say if 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 uh Dolphin fans, if you're gonna be watching the injury reports on Friday when they release them, uh pay very close attention to that because I think I think what we're headed toward is either Breda is active or DeAndre Washington is active this Sunday. Which leads me to my next question, and I guess I'll start with Chris with this one. Man, you know, I trust Tuatonga Bailoa. I trust him to run uh, our offense. I, I trust him to run whatever Chan Gailey puts in front of him. And I, and to be honest with you, I really do trust him going forward to get us enough points in enough of these games to win them because I do trust our defense. Mm-hmm. But, man, he needs a running game. And I don't know where we start with this because I think halfway through the season, it's safe to say that we need to pay special attention to this running game next season where do we begin here chris who plays well how, on, the personnel, play on the personnel side on the personnel well i think i think the dolphins have the recipe for this already um as far as what they can do in the ground game and i do give some credit to chan gailey and that he's been he's been creative and he's found some room in the running game at times that you know we weren't finding last year or um i mean you got to look at the personnel, I think, um, because this is I, for as for as phenomenal a job as they did with people getting people like Emmanuel Agba and finding finding different gems and stuff like that. This is the second season in a row where you can look at the Dolphins offensive backfield and be like, that's probably the worst in the league. Um, yeah. And and I think, you know, that's yeah, as, a, as a personnel department, that's not getting it done. Um, so they're going to have to, they're going to have to go into it next year and, and fix that problem. Um, what they do this year, that's going to be a different story. Um, so I think that that it's going to be a combination of things. Lynn Bowden is coming back. Um, so you're going to see him involved in the run game. I think that there's a, there's a potential for Malcolm Perry to be involved in the run game. I think there's potential for, uh, for Jakeem Grant to be involved in the run game on jet sweeps. Um, they're going to find a way to get that done and to take a little bit of the pressure off of Tua. But at the same time, I think they have to realize, and they, they 
probably do realize that all year long when they've had some run game happening, it, it's really been uh, the pass that's opened up run a little bit. You know, they, they, they run draw plays and things like that. And they space, they space out the defense and, and when the defense gets spaced out and a little bit more, a um, little bit more worried about the pass, then then we find some spaces and we make some plays. And Miles, you know, Miles Gaskin made some plays that way. Um, and I think that that's that's sort of that's why the Jordan Howard thing is not working because that's not the kind of back he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I think that they'll they'll realize that more. They'll realize that they're they need to they need to be more of a spacing misdirection uh pass to open up the run offense i think they're getting more and more trust into a tongue of Iloa, uh, as they go you know with each you know almost with every pass they're they're getting more um confidence in him and so when they open him up more then that opens up more the run will open up more as well so i think that that's the that's probably the answer this year um to the extent that we can find an answer then yeah. Then you head into the off season and you say, you know, personnel, you need, you need to really finally take a good look at this and, uh, and, and not just try and get away with some Mickey mouse answers. Yeah. If we have a, if, if uh, Chris Greer has a list anywhere on his desk that says things to do off season, I think run game should be number one on that list period. It, Cause you got a rookie quarterback. He looks okay. So far, you know, the sample size is small, but you know, we have confidence. You know, you got to get get him a running game. Like, you know, <laughs> come on. You know, Jordan mm-hmm. Howard and, and his his magical 1.9 yards, although, you know, he, his touchdown rate is, is insane so far. <laughs> but, you know. To be, gotta... to be fair, that's why they got Chan Gailey. I mean, they yeah. intended to address the run game. They fired yeah. a guy after one year yeah. because they cared about the running game. Mm-hmm. And I like his play calling. I like his play calling in the run game, but. You know, you could see it's it's been a couple of weeks and it's a little bit uneven, I would say. You know, you'd like to get something a little bit more consistent and it doesn't help that you're mm-hmm. shuttling backs in and out. So I guess same question, Simon. What would you do as far as addressing this running game, at least for the short term, for Sunday? I, Who plays in, in your eyes? I suspect that they will play Washington and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Howard was inactive again. I think they need speed. I think they need, uh, like Chris said, I mean, I agree with all of Chris said, but all of what Chris said, I think they need jet sweeps. I think, you know, they need to, to use the pass to set up the run. Um, I, don't, I just don't think Howard really suits this particular game, but they're probably going to need, you know, the question then comes, you know, if you need a, somebody in the fourth quarter just to salt it away like he did at the end of that game with that first down pickup where he picked up eight yards on that final drive. But I, I, I would go with speed, guys, get the ball out onto the perimeter, you know, especially if Bozer's playing, um, you know, he's a really good player, but, you know, these are upfield pass rushers, with you know, Ingram as well. And and attack that, that linebacker court, attack those those safeties, you know, because I think that's what will, um, that's what ultimately will win the game because I just think that if we can protect the quarterback and we can, you know, have enough of a running game, I think two will be able to pick that secondary apart. And, you know, you're going to be looking at guys you know, does Callaway come up? Does Kirk Merritt come up? You know, obviously Preston Williams is, we're a man down without Preston Williams, but, you know, somebody's going to have to step up and fill that void. Um, but that's what I would be doing. And also a lot of things like screens, you know, we've got, we've got great screen uh, running backs, you know, Breeder mm-hmm. is a great screen running back. Patrick Laird's good with the ball in his hands. Washington's a good screen running back. Ahmed can catch the ball. You know, I would see uh, Malcolm Perry, you know, I would, um, 
that's the that's the route I would be going at if I was Changeli. But I would be getting the ball out on the perimeter in the run game because that's really where the Chargers struggle. All right, and let's move it to back to Justin Herbert. We've talked about Tua enough the last couple of weeks. We will close with him a little bit because I'm watching him everywhere on TV. He's trying to sell me every single thing under the sun, which kind of tells you we got a superstar quarterback on our hands, Simon. It's a good sign when your quarterback is on every single commercial everywhere. So I don't like it. Concentrate on the game. I don't see Joe Burrow on alone. No, but I'm serious. And I said really? this a while ago. Well, uh, yeah. Concentrate on the game. Look what happened to Baker, Baker Mayfield that first year. Yeah, one ended up winning Rookie of the Year. The, the Browns won that game to get off the, uh, you know, the, the no win Schneid. All of a sudden, second year, he's everywhere, commercials, all that sort of thing, and it, 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 he falls off a cliff. If I'm Tua, I mean, I, you know, look, I don't know. I'm sure he is working ridiculously hard, but, you know, just concentrate on the game. I don't see Justin Herbert out there flogging Bose headphones. I don't see Joe Burrow out there with a documentary. Just just do the job. You know, you're a, you're a great quarterback or you, you have the potential to be a great quarterback. Just By the way, talk the about job. pressure. Uh, his co-star in the Bose headphones commercial, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes and Rogers and, and Tua are the three. Uh, you know, that's a hell of a... Yeah. But look, I mean... I love the kid. He's amazing, as as long term listeners will know. But I, yeah. I, I get a little bit nervous when I see his face splashed all over everything. You know, he's got, you know, everybody's got to make money, and he's got endorsement deals coming out of his ass. But you know, yeah, Gillette racers too. Gillette. I, I don't need to. I don't need to see you everywhere. I just want to see you on a Sunday. And he starts doing yeah. manscape ads. Then, then we're in know. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're in trouble. Can I just pick a? There's a guy. There's a. Like they've it. got a receiver. The number three receiver, uh, Dighton. The kid out of North Texas who was catching balls from Mason Fine last year. He played 76 snaps for the right? weekend. Yeah, really. I mean, he's really emerged as a number three receiver. Yeah, and they they hoped KJ Hill would be the guy. But Guyton is, a you know, with Mike Williams on one side um, and with Keenan Allen, obviously, probably the best route running in the NFL, along with Devontae Adams uh, and, and Stephon Diggs, you know, that that's Byron and, and Xavier matched up. It's going to be a big, you know, whether it's Nick Needham, whether it's Noah, you know, this is an important, this is a kid, you know, he's not going to outrun a Justin Herbert pass either. And Justin's got a big old arm. I, I would just keep an eye out on, on, um, on Jalen Guyton at the weekend because he could, um, he could be a difference maker if we don't have him sorted out. So yeah, interesting matchup for, for whoever, whoever ends up picking up Jalen Guyton. He's number 15 for those watching the weekend. Yeah. Is it as simple, Chris, and I'll go to you on this. Is it as simple as, Justin Herbert has to beat Brian Flores and that's doubtful. And therefore Miami has a severe edge in this game. Is it as simple as that? No, um, it's not because I think, well, I mean, I, it's, it's weird because uh, it isn't about that. It isn't, it isn't going to be about beating Brian Flores is like, um, or at least I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be about Brian beating Brian Flores is like zero blitzes and coming out to the quarterback. And, uh, and I mean, the dolphins are clearly one of the dominant blitz teams in the NFL. So you don't say, you don't think uh, that, that new England dominance of rookie quarterbacks travels and traveled. Well, it, no, I, I think, I think it very well could, but I, I just, I'm, what I'm saying is they're going to go after him a little bit different than mm-hmm. people are thinking. If you think, if you think about what Miami's defense is, they're starting to build an identity and that's the fun thing about an identity especially in a new england style coach defense is when you think you've got their identity they're gonna they're gonna you know pull the rug out from under you um and show you something completely different um 
and I think that that's that's what we could see this weekend against mm-hmm. the Dolphins. You think about their their cover one, cover three team, single high safety, you know, zero blitzes, um, tight man coverage all the way on the outsides. I mean, the the, the most blitz oriented or one of the most blitz oriented teams in the NFL. You think of all these things. And what I think that they could do when they face Justin Herbert, and he's already seen some of this, and, and I don't think it's coincidence because I think this is this is ultimately how you want to face Justin Herbert, is um, is they could go out there with uh, split safety looks, uh, dropping seven guys, rushing four, um, and and not you know not blitzing that much and keeping things in front of them and wait and see if Justin Herbert can be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, can pick them apart and actually, you know, play quarterback against them. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that if you look back in week three against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's what they did. Um, They, they did not, you know, it wasn't a bunch of single high. It wasn't a bunch of blitzing or, you know, zero blitzes and stuff like that against uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jags. It was, they were, they were in split safety looks probably more often than not. And uh, which is really, you know, unusual for the dolphins in any of the other games. And um, and I think that already we're seeing Justin Herbert's one that, you know, he's seen more than his share of two deep looks and uh, more than his share in particular of Matt Bowen had a good series of tweets. I want to give him credit for this, but more than his share, you know, top five in the NFL as far as quarterbacks seeing two deep looks and seeing, uh, you know, two deep man under. And I think that um, the Dolphins could pull a little switcheroo, you know, if the Chargers are if the chargers are, are preparing to face their onslaught of blitz attacks um, this weekend and, and try and, you know, which Herbert again has been phenomenal against the blitz. So if they're trying to prepare all their, all, you know, all their ways of beating that blitz and then find out during the game that Miami's just not blitzing that much. And Miami's just playing them a little bit different. I think that could be the way that happens. And so it's going to be about, it's going to be about Justin Her- whether Justin Herbert can actually stay patient and, um, and, you know, play, play smart football and, and pick it apart and find the ways to beat that approach. And then it's also going to be about, you know, we talked about it already. Is Brian Balaga going to play? Um, because Trey Pipkins at right tackle against Emmanuel Agba, who's setting the league on fire, mm-hmm. is an immediate, you know, an immediate matchup advantage in our favor. Sam Tevy at left tackle. Is, you know, last week they marched out Sam Tevy at left tackle and Trey Pipkins at right tackle, and it looked exactly like you think it would look. Um, so I think that I think that if we do take this approach where we allow our defensive front including guys the the guys that you just picked up like Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba to uh to do their work against uh against a weakened edge of the offensive line uh and get in Justin Herbert's ear on their own you could be surprised it it could it could look a little bit like the um the Jacksonville game as far as uh the offensive production and and frustrating the chargers offense because they want to they do want to take it they want to run screens they want to they, they do a lot of pistol they do a lot of uh you know zone read they do a lot of um they do they run a lot of these things that quite frankly we talk about running with Tua tongue of ialoa mm-hmm. um and, and i think that it's i think that some of it is would help them would help free them up and take advantage of a defense that tries to play how we usually play and especially with that huge strong you know cannon armed 
you know, mobile guy that they have back there uh, at quarterback. Um, so, so I think that we're going to do it a different way. And I think that it's going to be interesting. It's, it's almost going to be, it's almost not Justin Herbert against Brian Flores. It's Justin Herbert versus Justin Herbert. Can he, you know, can, can he really play within himself and be patient and, and just overcome that, that approach? It never ceases to amaze me how many of these teams consistently uh, attempt to block the Dolphins zero blitzes the same way by either sliding one way or the other or moving their quarterback off of their spot one way or the other and keep allowing the free rusher. And last week, uh, you, you saw Brian Flores get really, really tricky with his zero blitz looks. Because there was a couple times he had six on the line and ended up rushing three and keeping a spy on Calamari. And Calamari, of course, just defeated it anyway. So, yeah, I believe he's mm-hmm. going to get really tricky with, with Justin Herbert. And teams are going to have to start adjusting to that because Emmanuel Ogba is showing that if you let him free as the free rusher on, on one side or the other because you're sliding away from it and you're going to try to you know, quick hitch it on the other side, he's going to get there because he's fast. So, Simon, what is this game about? If it's not about Brian Flores versus a rookie quarterback, could it just really be what the national media is forcing upon us all week, which is Tua Tungabailoa versus Justin Herbert? Is that the headline for Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it it kind of is. But I think for me uh, uh, and the game within the game, I think it's the, 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 the second best team in the league in terms of offensive yards, the Chargers, coming to our house to play. Um, it, you know, and bend but don't break. I think is the is the critical thing for that defense. You know, the the Cardinals were the number one team in the league in offensive yards. We've already faced the number three team in Seattle um, and the number six team in the Rams. So for fans watching the game, I think the Chargers will be able to move the ball up and down the field. That's what they do. You know, they've got three really good receivers. They've got good tight ends. They've got a really good quarterback. You know, Joshua Kelly's played pretty well as a as a rookie running back. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't believe we haven't even talked about Kalen Balage. I mean, this is the Kalen Balage revenge game. I mean, Balage scored a touchdown at the weekend. He was critical on that final drive, picking up massive start, first downs on fourth down. It, well, if he doesn't start, he's going to play a he's going to play a significant role, and he's got a point to prove. So you know, but for, so for me, I think you're going to see a team. I, I think don't panic. You're going to see a team be able to move the ball up and down the field. Not will, but you know. It'll be a very interesting battle on the perimeter with, you know, elite wide receiver against elite cornerback. Um, and, you know, I think it might well come down to the kicking game, actually. Who has the ball last? We have the best kicker in the league currently. I know, you know, Justin Tucker is rightly going to the Hall of Fame and is the best kicker of a generation. But currently, mm-hmm. yep. Jason Sanders is the best kicker in the league. <laughs> hasn't missed a kick, hasn't missed an extra point. You know, the Dolphins, I mean, the, the cruel fate of the Dolphins, they forced him to go and equal the team record last week. Oh, J- Jason, just go and equal the team record of consecutive field goals made. Oh, buddy, it's a 56-yarder. Good luck with that, son. And then once he crushed that... They then sent him out to break the record. Justin, it's just 50 yards, mate. Just go out and oh, boom, straight down the middle. It would have been good from 65. So, you know, I think kicking game and our special teams is outstanding. Done a great job all season, whether it's in the return game, whether it's coverages, and then obviously the, the two specialists. And Blake Ferguson has done a great job. But the two specialists, 
Hawke and um, and Sanders are about as good as it gets in the league. So I think, you know, bend but break defence, an offence at home that hopefully can move the ball by getting the ball out to the perimeter in the run game and a strong special team showing. And, and look, I think we're just going to out-coach them, frankly. We've just got better coaching. You, you, you put those two rosters head-to-head, the yeah. Dolphins roster against the Chargers roster, they have significantly more talent than we do, significantly more talent. We are significantly better coached. Uh, across the board, you know, you look at the job that's been done by the offensive line coach, you look at Gerald Alexander, you look at all the work that's being done, the special teams coaches, you know, the Dolphins are superior, are, are coached by more superior coaches. And I think that ultimately will win the day at the weekend. Yeah, Kellen Willis had 15. And hopefully they're allowed to coach. Well, I hope so. They're not all well, I mean, we had five coaches missing last week. Well, they're back. No. They're back at practice, by the way. Uh, that was one thing that Brian Flores announced that they're back. For, for practice tomorrow. Thank for God. For now. Yeah, for now. Callum, yeah, Callum for now. had 15 carries for 69 yards. That's 4.6 yards per carry. The Hall wow, of Fame. that's like eight. That's, uh, that's, that's like that's, three Jordan Howards. That's, well, also, that's triple his his uh, yards per carry of how he performed with the Dolphins. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's three caught, Jordan Howards per carry. He also caught two balls wow. for, for 15 yards and had a game with the Jets where he caught five balls for 44 yards. When did he learn how he to did. catch the ball again? You know, like when did this happen? He, he made a, He made an amazing one-handed catch with the Jets. That son in, of a bitch. A, <laughs> it was either a Thursday night game or a Monday night game. I think it was a Thursday night game. It was the game where Sam Donald ripped off that massive long touchdown run at the start of the game. Yes. Was it against the Giants? Uh, yeah. Are you sure it wasn't against the Colts? The Colts maybe? No, I don't think so. Anyway, regardless, in that game, he made a one-handed catch, which was pretty sick. So, yeah, um, this is the Balage revenge game. And I don't want you fucking coming on here on Monday oh. if he scores the winning touchdown, giving it the big one, just because you sucked him off oh for two God. years, saying he was like the next Walter Payton. Okay? No. I don't want to hear it. I want, him, uh, I want him to go away. I want him to get smashed on Sunday because the reason he's not you know, here is because he forgot how to catch the football. If he starts learning how to know, catch the football again, that's going to piss me off. He's going to make it difficult for us. There is a, there is a Kalen Balage narrative that's going to play out on Sunday, and I don't like it. Huh. That's that's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. I trust Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores is going to look across the field, see Kalen Balage, and say, "No way in hell." I'll, I'll send zero blitzes to stop him before. I, I'll let Justin Herbert complete eighty-yard touchdowns before I let Kalen Balage bust runs on us. All right, let's get to it. Simon, how does this game go down? What's the score? Do the Dolphins keep this winning streak alive? I think Dolphins 31, Chargers 30. Hmm. Shootout, huh? Which oh, would yeah. be really, really entertaining. A Tua versus Justin Herbert shootout would be really, really entertaining. But this is uh, a good team. The Chargers are a good team. Don't, they are. don't underestimate they are. the I, I, say, I had, a, I had a, a clever tweet, and yeah, of course it was a joke last week but if you look it up yes if you only played three quarters the the Chargers will be undefeated and will have the number one point differential in the league and of course they will play the Falcons in the Super Bowl so you know they're really really good just you know just get to the fourth quarter in a close game and they'll find a way to hand you the game that seems to be the theme this year all right Chris what happens now this is going to be, I, I think this is going to be more of like a 26 to 17 victory for the dolphins. I, I don't know if the charge, the chargers can move the ball. I think I agree with Simon there. Um, 
but I don't think, you know, I don't think Kalen Balaj is going to get the job done as well as they're going to want him to um, against the sort of approach that Miami, I, I kind of have a hunch that Miami is going to employ here. Um, so I think they're going to have to, they're going to be leaning on him a little bit. And I just think that this is going to be one of those games where you start to see they, um, they dare a rookie quarterback to, to be, to act like a veteran quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's going to work as well. And, uh, and I think that also, you know, take a page out of, if they do go with more split safety looks and, and stuff like that, take a page from the old dolphins where we had Sam Madison and Pat Sertan uh, playing a lot of, you know, uh, too deep man under. If we have that with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outsides, that could be very stifling to the, to the outside receivers uh, mm-hmm. that they have there. And then it just becomes, you know, can you, can you handle Keenan Allen on the inside? And especially when you have, um, you have linebackers, so, if Calvin Noy doesn't play, you, you're going to have Jerome Baker and Kamal Gruger Hill, which were made to oh, yeah. too deep man under. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and, and particularly you know Baker, and uh, I think that I think that it could be a game like that. I think that we see we could see um, just they're they're having a really hard time punching the football in and scoring, and it could be something like twenty six sixteen or something like that. Um, anyway, that's that's kind of the way I see the game going. Offensively, I think this is just a bad secondary. Um, and they're going to play, they're going to, they're going to be able to control the flow of the game. I think against a bad secondary, uh, I don't think it's about Joey Bosa coming back. I don't quite frankly, I don't think they missed him last week because Jerry Tillery played out of his fucking mind, um, last week uh, in his place. Um, and, and so I think that it's, you know, Joey Bosa coming back. It's nice. It's great, but it's more of a headline than it is. You know, it's more of a, a thing for the newspapers than it is on the football field because Jerry Tillery played so great in his place. Um, so they didn't lose, you know, they didn't lose last week because they didn't have Joey Bosa is what I'm saying. So I think it's about their secondary and their secondary being bad for us. And I think that Chan Gailey has shown Chan Gailey in this offensive approach. have have actually shown that they can, they can do some damage against a, uh, an unreliable um, and bad secondary. So, you know, between that, that side of the ball and then defensively the patient approach and, you know, trying to see if uh, if the rookie quarterback can stay back, be patient, pick us apart, and and play head games with veteran players on defense. Um, I just see it going in our favor. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. I think this is a game where, you know, I just have a hard time seeing Justin Herbert. Yes, he's probably the rookie of the year right now. I just have a hard time seeing him or any rookie quarterback getting over on Brian Flores. I really just don't see it. I think Brian Flores is going to have something for him. I think he's very conscious of it. He's been talking about him all week. So, you know, he's no fool. He's He had a plan for Kyler Murray. And trust me when I tell you, listeners, yes, Kyler Murray ripped us apart, okay? But he had a really elaborate plan for Kyler Murray. It just didn't work out. The guy's really, really good. Kyler Murray's going to be an MVP candidate. If not this year, next year, I I had him as a as a a dark horse MVP candidate this year. It's not going to happen for him, but I really do believe Kyler Murray is going to get an MVP in his career. He was that good. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to be able to overcome that. And I think we're back to 
what has been happening all year. Yes, Justin Herbert's mobile, but he's not mobile in the sense of Kyler Murray where they're going to have design runs for him. He's mobile in, in the sense that he can escape the rush at times, but they're not going to do a lot of design things with him. He's going to be there to be hit. And I think Brian Flores is going to have a plan for that. And I think we win behind that. And I think they find a running game. And maybe they even pop one with Matt Breda or DeAndre Washington. And maybe that starts opening up things. And I really do trust Tua Tunga Bailoa to run an efficient offense, put enough points on the board. And I think enough points this week is going to be 27 because I think he wins the game 27 to 20 over the Los Angeles Chargers. All right. That's it for this week. That is your preview, your week 10 preview of the Los Angeles Chargers against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins will be wearing their throwbacks. Game's at 4 o'clock. It's going to be fun. Talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.